You're listening to Counter Talks, Canada's podcast for the equipment and event rental industry. Counter Talks is a presentation of Canadian Rental Service Magazine. Now here's your host, Patrick Flannery. Hi, everyone. Today we are joined by Suzanne Bernier. Suzanne Bernier owns SB Crisis Consulting, and she is a pandemic expert who was instrumental in developing the Ontario WSIB's response to the SARS epidemic back in 2006. Um, this was a response that was uh, widely admired around the world uh, and such that she was actually invited to address the UN in uh, Switzerland about it. Um, so really a great person to have on to give us some advice about what our businesses should be doing in the current climate. Um, this is uh, sort of a special uh, podcast uh, about uh, coronavirus and uh, how your can, how you and your companies can protect your workers and your customers and uh, just sort of what the best responses are uh, at this time. It's uh, been difficult for everybody. Uh, as I think you'll hear from Suzanne, we may have some uh, even tougher times ahead, uh, not just uh, personally with the disruption to our lives and our work, uh, but obviously the uh, economic concerns are, are out there. Uh, so everyone uh, stay safe, hunker down, and uh, we'll do our best together. And now I bring you Suzanne Bernier with some tips for dealing with coronavirus. So we're here today with uh, Suzanne Bernier from, uh, what's the name of your company, Suzanne? SB Consultants, is that correct? SB Crisis Consulting, yeah. SB Crisis Consulting. Okay, great. Thank you. And Suzanne, why don't you just give us a, a, a little bit of background on, uh, on, on your involvement with uh, pandemic response. It's quite impressive. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I w- I've been in emergency management now for almost 25 years. And when we started first being asked to plan for pandemic was back in, and some of you might recall, if you're old enough to, back in 2005 when bird flu was originally a concern coming from Asia and the potential of it spreading and becoming a pandemic. So ever since then, in 2005, I was tasked with, as were a lot of government emergency managers at the time, to start looking at what this pandemic stuff was all about and try to develop plans ahead of time so we could get ahead of it if we could. And so that's my first foray into researching and really finding out all about pandemic planning was back then. And um, as a result of that, then, um, well, SARS also happened before that in 2003 in Toronto. And when when SARS happened afterwards, I I happened to be the emergency manager and business continuity uh, person for the Workplace Safety and Insurance Board uh, here in Toronto. And um, I was tasked being the emergency manager and business continuity person for the WSIB to create their first pandemic plan. And this was a direct result of seeing what had happened in some of the failures during SARS. And the, um, we wanted to make sure as the WSIB that we took those into consideration and developed a really good solid pandemic plan to ensure that some of the things that we experienced during SARS would potentially not happen again should we have a more serious pandemic, um, a global pandemic. And as you know, SARS wasn't actually ever deemed a pandemic. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was definitely a, a localized uh, epidemic here um, in the Toronto area at the very, very least and some other localized area across the wo- areas across the world. Um, so developed our first 
and basically it ended up it ended up being the province's first recognized pandemic plan um, that we had developed for the WSIB. And then with the goal of not only ensuring that we internally would be able to support our critical processes to ensure that we could all of the critical things that and payments that WSIB provides to workers that could continue if internally our operations were disrupted. But also, more importantly, what kind of direction and communication and guidance to give to employers of Ontario and what they should be notifying and telling their staff at the different stages of a potential pandemic. So that's really what that plan really was all about. And then afterwards, um, I was asked to present on the plan and speak about it at a um, United Nations uh, meeting in, uh, in Switzerland. And then from there, it ended up being discovered that we had probably one of the most solid plans in the world at the time. And, uh, and then I was invited to, um, to go to the United Nations headquarters for a few months and was commissioned to develop and deliver their first ever pandemic tabletop exercise to be able to test and see how the United Nations headquarters main operations in New York would still be able to operate globally with a pandemic situation. Um, so that was a huge endeavor, um, very eye-opening uh, from a global perspective to see all of the different impacts and, and basically what's going down now um, as a result of, of all of the different things that we had projected and forecast before. Uh, so that's, that's been my involvement. And since then, I've been speaking all over the world to be able to educate people on our lessons learned from what we experienced in the greater Toronto area from SARS also from our experiences developing the pandemic plan for the WSIB, as well as us responding. We had internal uh, cases um, within our own offices. And so we have a lot of lessons learned from that perspective as well. I'm imagining people, employers are going to start seeing that very soon. So that's all of the things that I continue to talk about. And now, unfortunately, what I've been telling people to plan for and what was going to happen is now we are seeing it at a very escalated scale now. Yeah, that that is for sure. And you know, we are so lucky to have you uh, to have you on here and available for this because obviously your your expertise is, is is right out there. Let, let's let's move right into that um, uh, informing employers uh, part about it. Um, that's that's sort of my mission here. And and one of the one of the groups that I, that that we're going to need to speak to today is um, the equipment rental industry. Um, these are people that are obviously renting out uh, uh, construction equipment, heaters, generators, excavators, skid steers, that kind of thing, um, to the public and to uh, contractors. Um, typically, obviously, they have a showroom, they have a counter where people come up and rent things, uh, and then they have staff that uh, drive the equipment out to uh, job sites and, and people's houses and, uh, and drop this stuff off and pick it up. What, what, what kind of measures, uh, Suzanne, would you say are important for, uh, for those companies to be thinking about right now? Well, I think one of the main priorities still is to encourage people, the social distancing aspect, obviously we're seeing that escalate. And I would say that people should be planning for a more serious shutdown order or orders to come in the coming days and weeks. And being able to communicate to your employees that may happen, to be able to have a productive workforce that are able to help you at that time, they need to make sure that they're 
home and their families are protected and, and provided for. So that's first and foremost, to make sure that you don't lose your employees, not, not physically, but I mean, you don't lose their attention or because they are, they have to be at home caring for their family. And so advise them ahead of time. But ultimately, again, the main message, regardless if it's for workers or members of the public, is the main message is still getting to people that washing your hands, covering your cough, those basic necessities um, that we've been trying to promote and we tr- promote during flu season. But obviously now it's, it's more important than ever to remind people of that. The 20-second wash your hand rule will very much be able to help control the spread within your own companies, within your own buildings. But additionally, ensuring that you have those enhanced cleaning procedures in place as well. And I'm sure everybody does have, but I mean, I'm sure everybody's elevated those cleaning procedures. But I can tell you to consider now that the minute, the moment that you get any kind of a case internally, and you will, we will all see some kind of a case internally at some point or somebody suspecting that they have a case of the coronavirus um, or that they are directly impacted or that there's a rumor that someone has come into your space and has coronavirus. Um, You should be thinking about and looking at how you're going to deal with that now when it happens. So how you're going to be looking at immediately locking down that area, making sure that you're bringing in the the heightened infection um, control procedures like enhanced cleaning with the proper solutions that, but again, the basic cleaning solutions work to be able to, to kill off this virus. So do the research on what is out there um, that you need to be doing to stepping up those enhanced uh, cleaning procedures. But again, I think it's key. What you're going to do as well is let's say you've got an issue where somebody all of a sudden has, is in one of your facilities and reports sick or shows signs of sickness. What are you going to do to be able to take that person away from your area to be able to potentially not infect others. And the way, the best way again is to be able to promote and encourage effective hygiene practices in first and foremost, washing your hands, as well as the backup solution, which is providing um, hand sanitizers to everybody in your workforce that you can but again, encouraging them not to use that instead of, but if they cannot have access to water and soap, because that's still the most effective way to be able to kill this virus. Um, again, I think the most important thing as well is for us to not only be, because we're all kind of in mitigation and response mode right now. We're all really at a reactive mode because frankly, it's a little too late for us to have responded and and tried to be able to prevent it from coming across our borders. It's already here. It's already community-based. So apart from the mitigation and response that we're thinking about now, we need to be thinking about ahead of time, the recovery plan Mm -hmm. for your building and your operations. How are you going to be able to do that? You are going to be required to at some point, probably depending on your area, scale down even more than you have been now. And you are probably, again, depending on your geographic area, you are going to be asked to or required to scale down even more. So what happens when you start scaling back up again? And now you've got this backlog of work and issues and things that you need to be able to deal with. And we need to be thinking of that ahead of time proactively so that we're not, again, stuck in this reactive response mode that we seem to be in right now. The other thing that I would really, I think it's really important to educate people on right now is historically, we always normally see a second wave of a pandemic. 
with this one, there's no predicting when that will be. It could be weeks or a couple of months after the initial um, heightened phase of this phase has died down. Mm -hmm. And we will see a decrease in numbers. Things will start looking like we may be on the decline and back to normal. And then we may very well, again, based on historical situations, we may very well see a sharp and sudden spike in the cases again, just for a small period of time, and then a decrease again. But we should be communicating that to people ahead of time and planning for it so that we're not again caught in the mode that we are right now. Yeah, I, I, I can see how that happens because I saw some images today from Singapore of people already kind of out walking around and doing their regular thing uh, with uh, no masks or anything because they, you know, uh, obviously felt like it was under control. To your point about uh, keeping things clean, uh, one thing in the rental industry, obviously what it's all about is sharing stuff, not somebody who's just used a piece of equipment and somebody who's, you know, had their hands all over the controls of, uh, you know, an excavator or something. Um, what 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 uh, what should businesses be uh, be doing to uh, to keep those surfaces safe? Well, you definitely want to be doing what we recommend, even for just general office workers who have to share, you know, headsets or or computers or anything like that. Is really having to make sure that anytime you're doing that changeover between one person to another, that you have enhanced cleaning procedures to be able to effectively clean any of those solid areas that could potentially um, have the virus sitting on it and then be able to be transferred over to the next person. And also I would encourage people if it makes sense to do so and if they can to try to reduce that sharing aspect right now when it's so key, it really is. And I know that businesses have to keep going and I know people need to have access to these resources and these pieces of equipment. But let's look at creative ways that just for now, we may be able to prevent some of the additional spread um, by reducing the amount of sharing that we, that we have with those pieces of equipment. And I mean, I'm not the ex expert in your industry and what you should be doing, but I I'm just telling you and advising you um, how we know that the spread um, is quashed is, is through trying to reduce the sharing of. And if you can't reduce that, then you really got to step up the, um, the, the cleaning procedures, the enhanced cleaning procedures before you get to that moment where you're doing the handoff of any kind of piece of equipment um, or sharing of resources like that where the virus could be living on. How, how long does the virus last on a surface? I'm thinking if somebody rented a piece of equipment and then they let it sit and rented out something else in the, in the, in the meantime, um, how, how long could they be confident that anything on it was dead? Well, there's no real, I mean, the data is different on that. So there's no definitive on how long. All I can tell you is that if we, if we say that, then that gives an opportunity for people to say, oh, okay, well, then we yeah. have this. I would say that immediately immediately upon anybody leaving a piece of equipment or it being it has to be cleaned before it just gets exchanged to somebody else yeah that that and, and the bottom line is i'm sure your pieces of equipment are what we're talking about it isn't that they're going to be sitting around for a few weeks at a time right we're talking right. about fast turnaround i'm assuming <laughs> the idea is to turn it around right away and not have it sitting in your store uh, right but yeah exactly well it, it, it i think as long as you know as long as the cleaning is done and the wiping down and spraying with disinfectant and that sort of thing. I think that, you know, that, that sounds like what would be the recommendations that you would have. And of course, uh, we're talking about this because these pieces of equipment could be crucial 
for people. And so you can't stop doing it. But again, I would say everybody needs to reassess how much equipment and what is, you know, what the risk is versus what the advantages are of each time you do do a changeover with a piece of equipment like that and just really look at whether or not you need to reassess because of things changing so rapidly and also how orders might make you have to change. Suzanne, this has been really helpful. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're most welcome. And, and just everyone, stay safe. Wash your hands, cover your cough, be kind to your neighbors, help them out. And, uh, and yeah, we're, we're, we'll get through this. But how we're going to get through this is planning together, helping each other, being aware of what the risks are, and planning ahead for the long road of recovery. Thanks for joining us for Counter Talks. You can find Counter Talks episodes online at CanadianRentalService.com or on the major podcasting services. Counter Talks is a presentation of Canadian Rental Service Magazine.